Welcome, everybody, to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Mel. I'm Josh. It is Tuesday, December 2nd. Mm-hmm. We're into December. It's the holiday season. But it's still kind of fall out. Yeah. It's, um, so like, what, have, have both of you guys been sick? You've been sick. I've, been, I was sick for a little while. Yeah. Uh, I've just been working. So, so we got, <laughs> you two guys, we're all, we're all exhausted. We're all, like, I've been working my, my freelance job, like, I think 13 days straight. And it's always bad when I came in to watch Suffragette after working all day. And it's always bad when a friendly face looks at you and Mel looks at you and goes, you look tired. And you're like, yeah, yeah. It's like, I didn't mean it in a bad way. You're like, oh, you should get out of here. It just like feels like you should show up with a blanket and just yeah. close you up on one of the couches or something. Well, I was lucky to stay awake. Luckily, Suffragette had some yeah. rock-throwing scenes and some yelling. <laughs> some action. Yeah, because if, if it had been like a real slow, like, Merchant Ivory kind of movie, I might not have made it through. But um, And yesterday, yesterday I was working over at the... Um, the IMAX Museum. I call it the IMAX Museum, but it, it's the, the museum That's over That's what we in, called it as kids. Yeah, because it's changed names a couple times, so now it's the, oh my God, now it's the Museum of Canada, Canadian Museum. Museum of Historical Society of Harbor. But, um... They're setting up a Viking exhibit right now or something, right? Well, And they did? I think, yeah. there was an intro today? But you walk by... And the projection booth is like a, um, a, a gorilla exhibit at the zoo. It's just glass, and you could see oh, into yeah, the, the projection IMAX. booth of the IMAX. For some reason, I thought they had gone over to digital completely as well, but they had the big film spinning. They, yeah. they still had well, the Well, because film. that's real IMAX. Right. Which is 65-millimeter uh, film. Uh, the multiplexes do quote-unquote yeah. IMAX, or as I like to call it, LIMAX. LIMAX. <laughs> which is, I think, just two projectors, two DCPs on top of each other. Or something. <laughs> I, I love our multiplex making fun of puns. Because <laughs> we just need to say multiplex. We don't need to specify it. No. Yeah. I remember going in... What movie was it? I don't know. Whenever, whenever IMAX hit the multiplexes, I didn't even know when that was, but I remember going in, and I walked into the theater, and I remember thinking... I don't remember there being construction here. I, I don't remember, how did they get an IMAX screen? And I remember walking into a theater at which I had been in a few times before in previous years and, and just thinking, wait a minute, that's just the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then it starts up and there's this like, a, a voiceover guy, like a movie voiceover guy going like, welcome to IMAX. And there's like lasers and sound mm-hmm. show and you're all excited. And then it starts and you're like, Wait, that's just the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's the lamest thing. It's the weird. The first time I went to see an IMAX movie was at the IMAX Museum. And yeah. I remember feeling sick to my stomach. I remember like, being frightened. Oh, yeah. Of, one? It was like going on a roller coaster. It, yeah. I think I sat and watched it and I was fine. But I think the second time I was like, I was like really, really young. And I'm like, I can't, I can't watch it. Well, and there's two versions, right? Because I think the one over in Quebec um, is one of the ones in the world that have both the screens. So there's IMAX, which is just a screen, like rectangular, square-ish. Mm. But then they got the Omnimax, which is a mm. big circle. And the, I remember going to see, the first one I saw was a space one, and then I saw like a, a mountain climbing one. And the space one just, like it's just space. You're just floating <laughs> through space. And, and like any anytime you go to an exhibit or, you know, get on a, when they say like, 
if you start to feel sick, put you like when they give you warnings, that that's when you realize you might be in trouble. Yeah. So I was fine, but I know other people who couldn't handle I'm it. I'm afraid of heights, and oh, God. that first IMAX movie was like, okay, I'm never going to the mountains. Yeah. And they give you that warning at the beginning, like if yeah. you feel nauseous, <laughs> just close your eyes, which makes oh you even God. more yeah. I feel like I was falling shitless. backwards. Yeah. But then I think it's weird that they sell them on like DVD and Blu-ray, and I was like, well, that's weird. I have a box set of all the IMAX movies. But, but then, you, like, sometimes you watch IMAX and there's, like, way too much headroom on everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you're watching a couple elephants walk through the desert <laughs> and there's just blue sky. Yeah. So if you're watching that on a TV, like, even a big screen TV, the elephants must just be, like, pint size and it's just blue all over your screen. But, yeah, it's one of those, it's, it's the IMAX trick, not for museums because they have legit IMAX, but the, 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 the IMAX trick and the 3D trick. And the 3D thing, I think, I think it's actually calming down, like, they're, like statistically. Like, I think the numbers came in, like, 2013, 2014. And for a while, it was really doing gangbusters, like, drawing people in. Mm-hmm. Um, so but soon enough, only Michael Bay will, will be left yeah. being convinced that 3D is a thing. Well, even, like, you know, not, not a um, one for, for the, the classic vaults, but I came to see Hotel Transylvania 2. Uh, and it was it was fine. It was good. I, I liked the director, and it had pretty animation. But it was one of those 3D films mm-hmm. that we're screening in 2D. And not once do I think any of the kids in attendance or myself went like, "Boo! This I'm not getting my full <laughs> entertainment out of this movie." It's just you know, it doesn't even skew. I remember watching the old 3D movies like like Friday Thirteenth and Jaws, mm-hmm. and it you just could, gives you a headache. You could so tell the if you're watching them on VHS, you could so tell the parts that were 3D. Like, you could see, like, the bad kind of blue green screen line around yeah, yeah. it. Or it would be like Jason would be, like, stabbing towards the... Uh, <laughs> it would be like that John Candy sketch on SCTV. Where he's putting the sandwich in front of the camera. Yeah, just kind of, like, making a forward motion towards it. Um, but, yeah, I think that's calming down now. I, I, I never... I've never, like... That's 3D, let's go. And even though there's been a bit... I don't know how it started. I don't think it's my fault. But people started talking about Friday the 13th 3D. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, maybe, but we, we need the glasses. And I'm not sure if it translates well onto our screen because we don't have, like, the silver screen, which is the ideal for 3D. Not that that stops the multiplex from showing 3D movies. So, But it'd be fun. I remember seeing Creature of the Black Lagoon here, man, I don't know, 15 years ago. And it was old school, just everybody with the cardboard glasses and everything. Just be like, bring your own glasses. Yeah, bring your, or, or put like a $20 deposit on them. Because I don't, when, when we did uh, the John Waters uh, Smell-O-Vision. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that, I like better. That's, that was, you know, yeah. that's fun. And that worked. I, I'm sitting here watching it, and we have like the cards, and I think Lee found them on eBay, or mm-hmm. somebody found them on yeah. eBay. And there's a couple, even I remember Scratch and Sniff as a kid, with like stickers and books. Sometimes the smell didn't work, but... A good, like, you know, I don't know what it was, but like 10 out of 12 or 12 out of 15 smells on this smell-o-vision totally worked. And mm-hmm. we're like, that's gasoline, and, and that's pizza, and yeah. that's something else gross, you know? But, yeah. And, and it, it worked, you know? It, it's, um, so that worked, but I think, I think half the audience walked away with our cards, though, too. I don't <laughs> I think, think we, were, so. we were vigilant. Well, if you get the DVD, <laughs> it comes with a card. Yeah, yeah. So I have one at home. yeah. And, and so this worked well. They didn't even intend this. Speaking of John Waters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, he released. <laughs> wow, look at that. That's a segue, people. There's That's a, a professional. <laughs> uh, he released his top ten list. Every year he does a top ten, yeah. top ten of his favorite films of the year. And it's always a really cool list. 
So I just thought I'd go through it because two of the films on his list are upcoming premieres for right. us. So number 10 is Love, Gaspar Noe's Love, which we talked about last week. Yeah. And we're showing that beginning on January 1st. Yeah, which I tell people... In 2D. In 2D, in glorious <laughs> 2D. If, if, if you want to see... I, I, if you want to see why it was difficult promoting this film, type in Gasper Love to Google look at the posters and see what the posters that pop and, up. Yeah, and we got the less explicit one. Yeah, ours, which is like a three-way kiss with a rather suspicious logo, is the least <laughs> racy of them all. But still pretty racy. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Fly Colt Fly, The Legend of the Barefoot Bandit. I've never heard of this movie. Don't know what that is. Never heard uh, of it. I like the title, though. Number eight, Tangerine. Which, which we have. we're premiering yep. on the 19th of 19th. December. Yeah, which I, I think I mentioned before when um, Lee kind of put out an email saying, what do you guys think about this? And I remember I replied, oh, well, it's not very festive, but I know it's getting good reviews and good Apparently, buzz. Uh, but it is festive. It's, it like, takes place on uh, Christmas Eve, I believe. Yeah, apparently it is quite upbeat and funny. Yeah, which I was totally wrong. I, I, th- I thought it was a bit more of, like, a heavy... What's it about? Prostitutes? A prostitute I thought it was pimp? a prostitute drama, but evidently it's a prostitute, a prostitute Christmas drama. comedy. <laughs> Just in time. Bring the kids. In time yeah. for the holidays. But it's supposed to be great. Like, yeah. like, like, across the board, very high praise from everywhere. All the festivals and everything. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I have a... Oh, no, I don't have a synopsis of it. Yeah. But Prostitute and Her Pimp. I guess that's Here enough. Set yeah. in L.A. Uh, <laughs> number seven, Diary of a Teenage Girl, which we showed. We screened, yeah. Uh, I did not see it. It was very good. Apparently it's very good. Yeah. The... the um, the problem, it's always tough. I I'm read, in the middle of reading it. You're in the, I read it moments. Oh, is it a graphic novel? Kind I'll of. I'll let Josh explain it's, it because he's gone through the whole thing. I thought it was a full like comic book, but what it is, very interesting, is it's a, um, I think based on a true story, but but loosely based. So I think the author had some of these events happen to her. Uh-huh. Um, so the diary segments are diary, but then whenever it goes to a bit more narrative, it goes to a comic book. Oh, that's cool. So you'll have like a dozen, 15 pages of diary and then five or six pages of comic book. And the thing is, because it's written as a diary, whether it's 50% too true or 25% true, it's really real. And you're you reading... believe it. Yeah. And, and so it's very good. And you, you read it and you're like, I don't know if it's a true story, but and, and she's not pulling punches. There's all these like, you know, teenage sex stories. Yeah, it's her, her you know, having sex with... Her stepdad? Yes, yeah. And it's very, like, frank about it. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know... And then and then the movie kind of incorporates that by kind of having some animation and kind of going mm-hmm. a bit back and forth. Um, but the movie's got got uh, Kirsten Wig, who, who I'm madly in love with. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. And I really appreciate that she, you know, she, she did Bridesmaids and she's doing Ghostbusters, but in between those, she's doing these tiny little, like, real character pieces... Oh, in The Martian. She's in The Martian right now, I yep. guess, too. Yeah. But very well worth seeing. Very whether So we're, you're like halfway through the book now? Did you see the movie? A little less than half. No. No. So it's always tough. It's always tough to judge. Like, I've heard about The Martian, that if you've read the book, you might not like the movie, but if you just see the movie, it's cool. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tough like that when, you've, when you're familiar with the source material, you're adding an extra bit of judgment that maybe isn't fair to the film because you're like, that's not how he should look, or that's not how she should act, you know? Mm-hmm. But very good movie, though. And I think it, it, it's like a long shot for some maybe Oscar nominations Maybe as well. like the Spirit Awards. Yeah, or like a lot of times these little movies get like screenplay or maybe a yeah. supporting actor or actress for the, the more famous folks in it. 
Uh, yeah, I still got to get around to seeing it. Uh, number six is Carol, the new film from Todd Haynes, oh, starring Todd Kate Haynes. Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get this film. I think it's so. At, it's at the Bytown, or it's going to be playing at the Bytown. So. Yeah. I, I think if all goes well, we will have it on the heels of our friends at the Bytown having it. I think what John Waters said about this film, he's like, uh, something like, um, the best way to be radical these days is to be totally tasteful. And apparently right. this movie is very tasteful. Oh, wow. Like very 1950s. Yeah. Even for, like, Todd Haynes? <laughs> yeah, well, because Todd Haynes' thing is he kind of, um, he does these throwbacks to 1950s melodramas. Yeah. What was his last one? We screened it, I think. Was it the one with the female cast, mostly? I don't know. I don't I remember his last film. We but probably yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number five, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, that's interesting. This just was named Best Film of the Year by the National Board of um, National Board of Review. Okay, yeah, that's pretty big. So that's a that's a good indicator that it's going to get some Oscar love. I wonder. It'd, it'd be very interesting if a whatever it is a sequel remake gets. You know, mm. it's 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 not it's not unheard of for a big budget movie to get nominated, but it's rare. Like it's 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 Star Wars, it's Lord of the Rings, it's mm -hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean for acting that kind of stuff. But well, some, you look at a film like this, and it's like. Um, It'll probably get, you know, the technical achievements. Yeah, for sure. But it's hard to say whether it'll get Best Picture nomination, but it could. Yes. And I think it should. It's one of the best movies of the year. It's funny, I'm, I'm just, as we speak, I'm halfway through listening to the latest Smodcast. And Kevin Smith and Scott Mosher were talking about um, Mad Max and George Miller and his history. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about Twilight Zone and, 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 and just this weird, like, so, like, you know, the Mad Max movies, Twilight Zone the Babe and Happy Feet movies. Mm -hmm. and what she won an Oscar for. Yeah, and Lorenzo's Oil. Like, just <laughs> very diverse in there. Very diverse yeah. back and forth. Witches of Eastwick. Witches of Eastwick, yeah. yeah. And now I guess he's jumping right into another Mad Max. I hope so. I, I, I don't know if that's true or just internet stuff, but I, I'm pretty sure he's jumping right back into that, I think. Mm -hmm. but. Let's hope. Uh, number four is Tom at the Farm from Xavier Dolan. Oh, okay. Uh, the Quebec filmmaker who did Mommy. Yeah. This movie, I haven't seen anywhere. I don't even know if it's come out in Canada. or have you heard about It must one? have come out in Quebec. A lot of times, I think we mentioned it before, a lot of times, unfortunately, Quebec kind of has closed borders with distribution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is unfortunate, because there's so many good movies that come out of there. I think especially in our area, though, we're like in Gatineau, basically. Yeah, we're so close. So the circuits, everything goes through there first. Yeah, like we, we, could, we could walk over to Quebec and but we can't get the movie over here because there was another one recently that had been some festival buzz and mind you i think like bytown doesn't have a problem doing it yeah well we got the um what was the political one the political comedy that had three um, different titles which one do we call it <laughs> yeah so we so we got that and and and, and so we we managed to get one every once in a while but yeah so maybe this and we got we had mummy as well mm -hmm. so maybe that's just too new maybe we maybe john waters got to see it as a uh screener at a well, film fest or uh, yeah, something. With a lot of those films, they'll, they'll come out, I guess this one came out, it's weird that it would come out in the U.S. before Ontario, but, yeah. or maybe it's not weird, but hopefully I'll get to see it. Yeah. Number three, The Forbidden Room from Guy Madden and oh, cool. Evan Johnson. Yeah. Um, Guy Madden did that movie, My Winnipeg. Yeah, more Canadian content yeah. on the list. Um, yeah, John Waters is a big Guy Madden fan. Uh, number two, Cinderella. What? <laughs> what, Really? Um, That's interesting. There's lots of good things about that movie. 
It doesn't I, surprise me. I mean, he, he likes Disney films. He likes kids' yeah. films. That's funny. Yeah, I, um, I saw that here, and I'm a big fan of Kenneth Branagh, and there was, it was weird. It was such a backhanded review. There was nothing wrong with it, but it was Cinderella. You know, it was like, okay, that was Cinderella. Like, there was no, no new, new twist or turns, no Cinderella for a new generation, which is maybe what it was intending to be. Um, beautiful everything, just, like, across the board, like, you I know. I wonder if that's why he liked it so Maybe. Much. It just kind of, it, 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 didn't, it didn't try to be, like, a hip new Cinderella for well, the he, millennials. Well, he likes the no. Wizard of Oz, you know. No he likes animals? No, no, there was. Uh, they, they, they turned, like, they did the whole thing with the bibbidi-bobbidi-boo and the, the well, turning lizards into people and stuff, so. I guess my only complaint was, like, yeah, I could have just watched the cartoon and seen that, but I guess that was the... Intention and it worked because it made all the money. So uh, I have no interest. No, <laughs> <laughs> but I respect that John Waters likes it. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, he has good taste for the most part. Um, his number one favorite film of the year. I have never heard of this movie, okay. but I really want to see it. Helmut Berger, actor. It's a documentary about this German actor, um, Helmut Berger. Yeah. Um, who was very big in the 70s. He was in uh, a movie called The Damned. Um, tons of stuff. And I guess he kind of... So is it like I a, don't know if he went nuts. It's or, like a washed-up actor kind yeah, of documentary? Yeah, like if you look at pictures of him now, like he was a really handsome guy. Yeah. Um, he's in this exploitation movie that's really good called Beast with a Gun. <laughs> um, but yeah, like now he's all kind of old and ragged and... Um, oh, this is what John Waters said about it. Maybe the best motion picture of the year is also the worst. Mm -hmm. One-time dreamboat movie star and lover of Visconti, Helmut Berger, now 71 and sometimes looking like Marguerite Duras, rants and raves in his ramshackle apartment while the maid dishes the dirt about his sad life. Weird. So this looks like a really, like, warts and all kind of yeah. documentary rather than like a... This guy was so legendary, legendary yeah. blah, blah, blah. So it's like, It'll be like the, um, the Adam West documentary, but with a sad ending instead of a happy ending. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so it's yeah. Like that. yeah. Man, I love, I love John Waters. And, and like on the surface, some folks, like if you looked at me and my taste, might not think I'd love John Waters. But I love John Waters. I, I've, but last couple of years, I've listened to like all of his audio books. And, and uh, he's somebody who I look at. And I'm, just, I'm so sad he's, there's not more John Waters movies. Like... When was his last feature film? It was like ten, a dirty shame. Dirty like shame, like ten years ten ago. Ten years or ago, yeah. And I know he, he says it's hard to, to get you know financing oh, yeah. for like a five million dollar film. Yeah, I'm surprised he someone hasn't lured him over to like Showtime or Bravo or something to do like a TV series yeah. or something like that. But yeah, he, it's weird. He's, he's been busy because he's mm -hmm. he, he's he's writing and he's hosting and he's he's you know showing up in other people's movies. So I he's, think he's got, like, a Christmas show that he's touring with now. Oh, man. Like John Waters Christmas or something. I would watch that. Yeah. He, he's in my favorite episode of The Simpsons. John Waters' episode yep. is my That's favorite episode of The Simpsons. Yep. But man, he, he was someone... It's, it's funny that he, he likes Cinderella, because I know he is one of those guys who I think he wanted... He has a kid movie idea, but everyone was like, Yeah, that you was the last that. movie he tried to get made with yeah. Johnny Knoxville. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, you're John Waters. I think he'd do a good Christmas film. He did something where he got a bunch of like kindergarten kids or first graders together and had mm -hmm. them do a script reading of Pink, Flam uh, Pink Flamingos. Uh, <laughs> well, you look, at, you look at other guys like, you know, David Lynch has kind of done a more, not quite a kids movie, but more like family friendly kind of film. And, mm -hmm. you know, Martin Scorsese did Hugo. Mm -hmm. And so they've kind of gone back and forth a bit. 
but uh, oh, I wish I wish we lived in a world with about ten more John Waters movies mm-hmm. in it, though. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's just too hard to. A lot of guys of his generation, you can see they're kind of slowed down. I think it's just because of that. It's hard to get. It's mm-hmm. hard to make movies, even if you're, you know, famous, famous-ish. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, maybe someday we'll. And the last time we tried to have a little John Waters fest, it fell under the category of, of "I will never forgive you" because nobody showed up to anything. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we had a good turnout for po- um, polyester. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I remember the, the other couple we showed, and you're just. Yeah, Nothing. we showed like Crybaby and stuff, and yeah. yeah, maybe again someday. Someday we'll try it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, let's get on talking about what we have this week. Um, my name is Malala, which I learned about a little while ago on Daily Show. She yeah, was on Daily she, Show. Yeah, she went on a couple times. She won like the Nobel Peace Prize, and it's one of those movies like you just watch the trailer, and I'm I'm like, I think the pol- politically correct term is I'm a sissy. And you just watch the trailer, and it's just like, oh, it's... If it doesn't, like, emotionally move you or inspire you, there's probably something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a big acclaimed documentary uh, about... I don't know. I, I always feel so bad calling it girl power, because it's not girl power, but it, it's uh, uh, a young woman who was, who was shot in the face for kind of standing up for, for, for women. Shot in the face by the Taliban. By the Taliban. And, 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 she, and she was 15. 15 years old, and then bounced back from that and has gone on to become this kind of inspirational phenomenon. And so this is her, the documentary, and it's from the director, the Oscar-winning director of... Uh, An Inconvenient Truth. Inconvenient Truth. And Waiting for Superman. Yeah. Oh, and Waiting for Superman's another one of those movies where it's a great movie where you're just angry at the world because it's about <laughs> like the, the, the horrors of teaching down in the States. Uh, but yeah, so Malala, I think, is one that... Whenever, when are the Oscar nominations coming out? They're late, right? They, they don't come out till January mm. or something? Yeah, January probably. So that, that is one that might be on the, um, the Oscar list this year for, for uh, documentary. Uh, another one we have this week is Miss You Already, which is a, uh, another female-driven plot. This one, a fictional film uh, with Tony Collette and Drew Barrymore. This is a tearjerker. Yes. I want to bring my mom to this, but my mom went through something very similar to this. So I, one I, of them's dying of cancer. Is that yeah. So my mom's friend, like, is it's this story of like, like my mom's friend mm-hmm. passed away from cancer years ago. Um, but it looks, it looks like a, it's good cast. I love Tony Collette. Yeah. Uh, way back, going back to like Muriel's wedding, um, and Drew Barrymore. I'm, I'm a child of the Drew Barrymore generation. Like I saw ET in the theater and was about the same age as Drew Barrymore. So. I think we're the same age. And so I grew up along seeing her go through those tough times and make the comeback. <laughs> Being Mrs. Tom Green. <laughs> Being Mrs. Tom Green. Did I tell my Tom Green story on here? I don't I think so. The, the, um, when she was married to Tom Green, I was working at what ended up being my last kind of Joe job, and it was at Rogers Video, which here in town at the time was right across the street from Barrymore's. Mm-hmm. And Barrymore's, which is the namesake of Drew Barrymore. And this was in, like, the heyday of video stores when, you know, every Friday night the store would get emptied out. Just people were coming in, taking movies by the armful. So I was working one night, like a Friday night or a Saturday night. And then the next day found out that Drew Barrymore and Tom Green were hanging out at Barrymore's that night. Mm-hmm. And I missed it. <laughs> and if I had known, I would have, you know, closed down the store and walked across the street and hung out with Drew Barrymore. 
because uh, I, I still like her, but I was a big, big fan of hers at the time. And um, but yeah, I don't know if that's official, but I, I think Barry Morris is named after her grandfather or great grandfather. There's some connection. There's yeah. some some connection there. So Tom Green brought her to Barry Morris to kind of show off the theater to her. Mm-hmm. And I missed and her. And they lived happily ever. And they after. lived happily ever after. And I will have ample opportunity to meet her again. I was so mad when they broke up, just selfishly <laughs> because of that. I was like, oh, now I'm never going to meet Drew Barrymore. Um, yeah, so Miss You Already, that's coming up this week. And then we have a couple of Ottawa premieres. Uh, the first one is Entertainment, uh, starring uh, Greg, I can't pronounce his name. Greg Turkington. Greg Turkington. A.K.A. Neil Hamburger. Mel said Greg Turkey. <laughs> Greg, I couldn't get it out of my head. Um, <laughs> I had the pleasure of seeing Neil Hamburger across the street. Turkey Burger? Yeah, Greg (laughs) Turkey Burger at uh, House of Targ. And it was one of the best comedic performances I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, a fascinating, you know, any depth of a character to Andy Kaufman caliber Mm -hmm. lengths. Like the self-loathing, cheesy comedian who's just terrible at everything who who if you walked in and didn't know 100 percent, you would just think it was a bad comedian and that's the weird back and forth is he he's not funny he's telling these horrible jokes but it's just hilarious Mm -hmm. because he's in character so this movie is when i first saw the poster i thought it was a documentary about neil hamburger Mm -hmm. yeah but it's a kind of fictionalized docudrama about a struggling D-grade stand-up comedian. Yeah, it's just Sounds about... Sounds like he's just playing himself, though. Well, his Neil Hamburger character. Yeah. 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 That's pretty much what it is, and it's about him on the road and just playing these shitty gigs, and his career is just flatlining, and... Yeah. Apparently he has a daughter he's never met. He's got a really great cast. John C. Riley's in it. Michael Sarah. Yeah. Mike H. Mike H. from Ottawa. Yeah, so I... I, I so I saw the Neil Hamburger show, so I've, I've seen Mike H., but just because, maybe because I'm exhausted, I've blurred out on who he is. So he's a local stand-up comedian. He, so like um, like a handful of years ago, I started going to the Manx on Sunday nights to hang out with friends. Right. And eventually discovered that Remy Royale. Yes. A.K.A. Josh Grace performs there uh, at various intervals. And he used to have a sidekick for his second set. Who is Mike H. Okay. Who would, like, jump in and just, like, scream the rest of the night away. Right. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we went to see Neil Hamburger yeah. at House of Targ, he was the opening act. Opening act, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he tours with him. And he's a local guy. And he tours with Neil Ham- Well, like, I guess they, like, he was from here. But yeah. He, just he lives in L.A. now. He moved to L.A. Wow, that's cool. And he tours with Neil Hamburger now, like, in real life. He's actually sitting in. I don't know if he's still doing it. I think he's still doing it now. He sits in for Tom Green's chat show. Oh. The one that Tom Green does at his house. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's, like, the the guest host while Tom Green is doing a big stand-up tour right now. So. Yeah. Is that show still, like, podcasted at the same time? Uh, that's that a good question. Different? I don't know. I, th- I thought Tom Green was kind of doing a separate podcast, but yeah. this is like his um, webcast show. Right, right, right. Well, that's cool. And Neil Hamburger's been on that, of course. Yeah. Yeah, so that should be cool. Yeah. So if you're a fan of Neil Hamburger, you have to come see this. Oh, for sure. Or Mike H. Or Mike or H. Or Mike H, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to miss this film. It's uh, Saturday, 
So Saturday at 10.30. Saturday at 10.30. And Sunday at 8.30. Or Monday, Monday. at 8.30. Monday at 8.30. So two shows, two shows only. Yeah, and it's not a super long... Is it super long? I don't know. So the 10.30 show won't keep... An hour keep, and 45 minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the, the, it's not like... Even if you come to the 10.30 show, you, it won't be here too, too late. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a... It's a I, I like that weird time slot of it's not a midnight movie. It's like an <laughs> early, early, mid, early midnight show. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it looks really good. I, and I... John C. Riley is never bad. Like John C. Riley can be in some bad movies, maybe sometimes. I don't know what they are, but <laughs> he's always good. He's always yeah. good. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in this movie. And Michael Sarah, even yeah. if he's just playing silly Michael Sarah, yeah, is awesome. We went through a run here. It was before Mel's time here. I don't know if it was when you were leans. Might have been, but we did like half a dozen Michael Sarah movies was in a like, row. Oh, what was that movie? Youth and Revolt. Youth and Revolt. Yeah. Was yeah. One he's of really good in that one. Yeah. And there was I want like, to say Adventureland, but I think that's the other guy. That's the other that's guy. That's the other guy. <laughs> that's fake Michael Sarah. That's, uh, <laughs> that's um, uh, Facebook guy. Yeah, right. Facebook guy. Yeah. Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we went through this run of like four, five, six Michael Sarah, including Scott Pilgrim. And some people were like, oh, he's just one of those Nick guys who always plays the same guy. Yeah, Nick and Nora. And I'm like, no, he's different in all the ones I've seen him in. Uh, and, and he's one too where it's like, People think he's not doing anything. I'm like, no, he's just doing things you're not watching. He's just yeah. doing independent he's like, things. He's always different enough. It's never yeah. really, I mean, he has a, a similar, I guess he picks movies that have a similar type of sense of humor. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, kind of a hipster sort of vibe. Yeah, so yeah, so he's in that too. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see that. Um, our other premiere is, so what's the actual title? Is it Mexico Barbero? Um, it's Spanish, I think, with yeah. English subtitles. Am I right? Am yeah, I Mex- okay. Mexico so. Barbero. Perfect. If I'm <laughs> pronouncing it correctly, if not, forgive me. The uh, and so this is eight, eight short films or an anthology mm-hmm. of Mexican filmmakers. Um, it's interesting that this genre has made of a bit of a comeback the last few years, because mm-hmm. uh, with with VHS and with um, ABCs of Death, ABCs of Death, Tales of Halloween. Um, yeah, so there have been a few of these in, in, uh, Wild Tales. Is Christmas Horror Story an anthology? Uh, yes, yeah. yeah. The, the upcoming Christmas Horror Story that yeah. we have is an anthology. So I think it's, a, it's an easier... You know, making movies is, is impossible short film or feature length. Mm-hmm. But I think if you get a bunch of like-minded individuals under a banner, mm-hmm. it's a little easier for people to make, you know, six 15-minute films versus one 90 or 100 minute film because you kind of you have your own little pocket to do yeah, everybody has their own little budget to work with or whatever yeah and and you can kind of overlap a bit more um so i think that's what this is. i don't think this is one like in like for example in uh christmas horror story we have um william shatner is the bridge Oh yeah, like, yeah. They usually like, have a wraparound like, story. Yeah. William Shatner plays a DJ, telling, "How dare you? Are you? <laughs> He's a Canadian hero." I know. Okay, <laughs> I to make my if I'm having a bad day, I'll usually watch like reruns of Rescue Nine One One. Yeah, yeah. Because that was like because a, that perks you up. That was like a thing that we would watch if we were sick at home or like my I watched mom it when would I was like, a kid, "This is a reward." You know what I mean? Like that was like the thing that we would get to watch. You got to watch reruns of. Um, of his cop show where he's like hanging off the roof of cars. TJ Hooker. TJ Hooker, oh yeah, there you go. Or, or watch the commercials that he did, the hideous commercials that he did for Loblaws in like 1978. Well, Why did I just see? He saw has that. a yeah. show on Netflix right now that's sort of like Rescue Nine One One E. It's like weird or what or something like that. Okay. He does like really cheesy. Yeah. 
like in between man you know what I've never seen generation? is I don't know anyway it was before my time I think it was maybe early 70s mid 70s um Leonard Nimoy did a um an album like an album <laughs> yes <laughs> like no, but William he, Shatner he also did like a like like um a, not a, like a cryptozoology, like a, a Sasquatch show, like a, where it's like this week we're looking into Sasquatch. This week, unsolved mysteries kind of thing. Oh, nice. This week we're looking into UFOs. This week we're looking into psychic people. And it was called like someone's going to tell us what it's called, but it was called like the unexplained or something like that. And I'd love that to pop up on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it's like young sideburns, maybe even mustache Leonard Nimoy uh, narrating like. And now here's footage of Sasquatch. I really like cheesy, you know, oh, like I love cheesy in betweeny like. Yeah. Cheesy in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in between be... reenactment narration or whatever you want to call it. Oh, well, there's so many of those shows. It's fine. There was, like, and they're terrible. Some... But... Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was a line of books when I was a kid. Some are better or worse than others. Yeah. Um, well, we, we showed that we showed two Kurt Cobain movies, and one of them was like a yeah. cheesy reenactment one where it, they got some goofy-looking guy to play Kurt Cobain. And I didn't even realize until I was watching it. <laughs> I, just, oh. I thought it was in our documentary. And then I'm like... Wait a minute. It was sort of like an, un, un, I haven't seen it, but it seemed like an Unsolved Mysteries type thing. Yeah, it, that's exactly what it was. So it was, it was talking heads of people saying, Courtney murdered Kurt. Mm-hmm. And then it was recreations of Courtney talking to a detective or cops talking. But man, it did it have the feel of a Unsolved Mysteries like, or a Rescue 911. Like, just interspersed with puns? Well, and it was just, it's so tough because you, you, and I don't know. Like I, I don't. I don't want to get into a debate about what happened with Kurt because I don't know. Like I, I haven't researched this. All I know is like, I, I was, I, w- I was the perfect right age for all that horrible stuff to happen. Like I was in, like grade nine or ten when when Kurt killed himself. So I was right in that. Like, all the kids were in grunge and the music video and everything like that. But this movie just, at the end of the movie, even if I believed, I kind of went like. Oh, you made me not believe. Like, it was just, it was so one-sided and so iffy. And even though they're talking to certain cops and things, like, I was just like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think, I think you came into this, and I don't know, wouldn't... Looking to prove a point? Wouldn't Courtney be arrested by now? Like, she doesn't seem that bright. Like, I'm sure they would have caught her by now. Tony like, Curtis hosted a show called Hollywood Babylon. Yeah, Which yeah. I think was, like, loosely based on Kenneth Anger's book or something. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, you know, all these tawdry Hollywood stories like the death of Marilyn Monroe and all right. that. And that was one of those cheesy reenactment shows where they got these horrible actors who kind of looked like these yeah. famous people to do reenactments. Yeah. Like Bella Lugosi's heroin addiction. And they were just, oh. they were horrible. Man. The final 48 or something like that? The last 48 hours. Yeah, yeah. Lives. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and it's weird because in feature films, it's there's this blur happening now. And sometimes it works well, sometimes not so much, but... I think it's almost like photography. Like, people used to argue that, like, photography is you put the film in the camera, you take the picture, that's it. You're not allowed to mess with it. That's photography. And now photography is, of course, all manipulated and and digital and Mm -hmm. fixing the clouds in the background, switching the eye color, whatever. And it was kind of like that with documentary. Like, documentary used to be, like, boring people talking about science for 90 minutes, and that was a movie. Or there's also great documentaries, like... uh like the Maisel's brothers where they're actually there. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, running yeah. around with 16-millimeter cameras or whatever. But but now it's, it's like, we've had a couple here. One, the name just escaped me, but it was a uh, someone who, a kid died or a kid went missing. And then a, a guy showed up and said, hey, I'm your kid, but totally wasn't the kid. Oh, the imposter? The imposter. 
amazing movie, really great movie, but it was one of those that was like half documentary and half reenactment with actors. And anytime you're doing that, you're like, well, you weren't there for that. You were, you're taking kind of a story. So it makes for a good film, but you always got to be cautious of what is, what is fact, you know? Like, well, it's all, you know, recreation and, and uh, it's biased to, you know, yeah. some degree at least. And even like like Michael Moore, I've liked some of Michael Moore's films, but even he admits he's like, oh yeah, I'm biased, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he goes, now now the Republicans can go make their movie, but but of course I'm kind of biased about this kind of stuff. But we just showed uh, that documentary Terror, yes, about yep. counter surveillance, yeah. And um, two people walked out halfway through, oh, like this young couple, and they're like, we thought this was a horror film. What? <laughs> That's weird. Because we were like, we looked at the poster and. Because if you look ah. at the poster, it, and it's called Terror, Terror. Think, it does kind of look like a horror film. That's but funny. It, it like, took I them mean, 45... I guess it is in a way. Yeah, but I don't know. It, I thought you were going to say they them, were offended because of the politics of it or something. No, but it took them a while to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they were expecting like a found footage thing. I don't know. Weird. Um, okay, what else we got to have? Uh, so our, I think this oh. kicks off our holiday stuff. This kicks off our holiday screening, Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's uh, this weekend at 1 o'clock on both Saturday and Sunday, so that's December 5th and 6th. You guys better come out for this. You guys better come out. Look, you let us down on Goonies. <laughs> Jingle all the way. You let, us, <laughs> you let us down on Hook. You broke Mel's little heart. She was in here yelling Rufio all by herself. <laughs> so Home Alone better get a good turnout. Like, I, I don't have the attachment to Home Alone that I think Mel does. Oh I don't know if, because I'm, I'm old. but uh, uh, I also just like... I guess in our house, I, I was subject to my little brother's whims and fancies. Like, uh, so was this watched? We had to like... watch whatever he was allowed to watch. Yeah. So, and he was one of those kids who would like play the movie and then rewind it yeah. when it was done and put it back in again. So, like on your on your holiday break from from grade school, it was it was, it was played and like Rudolph. oh, yeah. just on repeat. Yeah. Which is okay. <laughs> <laughs> VHS is funny because, I don't know, kids, it's all kids, no matter what generation, because I see it with my friends' kids now. Kids find something they love, so whether that be Lego Movie right now or, or um, Frozen, and I think the kids' mindset is, nothing is going to be better than this. Why would I watch anything else but this? This is amazing, you know? And so... I don't, I, to be honest, I don't know what mine was. My little brother's was the live action Ninja Turtles. And I love Ninja Turtles. I have Ninja Turtles tattooed on my arm. And I got to a point one summer where I walked in and I didn't yell at him because he was just a kid and I was just a kid. But I, I was like, I don't care what you watch, but you have to watch something else. Because it was like every day I have like the soundtrack in my head and the lines because he, that's what he would hey, watch. I'm a turtle and I can't get up. <laughs> yeah, every And that little. Do 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 do. That's in my brain forever. <laughs> the soundtrack to Ninja Turtles, because they don't care. They're like, oh, this is it. This is. This. I had that soundtrack. Yeah, it was like an orange cassette tape. Yeah. Y- yeah, and it, it, it had the 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 T U R T L E Power Turtle rap. <laughs> it's all in my brain. It's all my brother's fault. Uh, but yeah, so Home Alone, uh, holiday screenings. The uh, most violent kids most movie violent. ever made. And and is was this John Hughes' first? movie away from teenagers because uh, he had that great run whoa. with like Pretty in Pink and, and Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller and then he became he delved then into he kids stuff then he did like um, 
Home Alone and Baby Stay Out and then he vanished. And Curly Sue and Beethoven. Curly Sue, yeah. Beethoven. So I, I don't know if Beethoven first or Home Alone was, but he did Home, Home, Alone. Alone, Home Alone and it made a bazillion dollars. Yeah. And then he made part two and it made half a bazillion dollars and then you did a bunch of straight to video ones. But I, I could be wrong, but this is interesting because for a guy who had the cornerstone on teen filmmaking to then jump into grade school filmmaking and for it to work for him was very interesting. And um, Well, he started out on, um, we, we showed the National Lampoon documentary. Yeah. He, he started out as a writer. Which is very On not the National friendly. Lampoon. <laughs> and the stuff that he was writing was like the most like yeah. dirtiest stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of like any anything else that was written in that magazine. Yeah. So maybe he just wanted to try something different, but yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, despite its violence, it's a kid's movie and... Oh, man, but Catherine O'Hara's in it, who I love. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci, Daniel Stern, and, of course, John Candy. So I will get choked up when John Candy has his scene in the movie, because <laughs> I love John Candy. Man, there was a comedian on Doug Loves Movies, a young comedian, a young woman, who didn't know who John Candy was. And I was like, what's wrong with people? Well, he's been like, gone a long time. He's been gone for, like, 20 years, but I'm like, I know who Mel Brooks is. I know who, you know, Richard Pryor is. He's been gone for a long time. But mm-hmm. it's sad if John Candy's gone. People don't know who John Candy is. Go watch Uncle Buck. Go watch anything. Anything with John Candy in it. Um, and we're also just just a footnote. Also squeezing in one more matinee screening of Hotel Transylvania Two. So if the kids want to come and see a cartoon this weekend, kind of a late Halloween thing, uh, you can come check out that this weekend as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's everything. I think we talked about everything. We have some other. Oh, ra- we have a couple new premieres. Oh, what's that? We have uh, Roar. Roar. Oh Roar. my God. Which uh, I'm scared to watch Roar. people seem pretty excited about. Uh, yeah. It's playing, I think, monthly in Toronto at the Royal. It's yeah. doing really well. So it's become their, like, It's a movie that nearly killed, like, 70 people because they had actual lions. Yeah. And, they, and they, keep on, they keep on... And apparently no animal trainer. Reiterating over and over again, no animals were harmed during this movie. A bunch of people got hurt. Yeah. Yep. No, no animals got hurt, but it's it's... It looks just like a mess. <laughs> and, and the director has never worked again, which is, you know, I never directed a movie again. Yeah, and it's sort of like if the guy from Grizzly Man decided to make his own feature film. Yeah. And Jan de Bont was the cinematographer, I believe. Yeah, and I think he got like gangrene or something. Yeah. And Melanie Griffith got some forehead yeah. trauma oh. or something. So it's one of those kind of train wrecks of a movie. And it's from 1981, so it's a it movie. It took 11 years to make. Yeah. And it, it came out in 81, and I think it bombed, and now uh, Draft House is re-releasing it. Yeah. And so, so I kinda, I, I, it's a re-release Ottawa premiere. I don't know if it ever hit screens back in 81 here in Ottawa. It's a good question. I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to find out information like that. But, but we're hoping that, you know, fans of The Room and Rocky Horror yeah. will, will uh, come check it come out. Come check this one out. And the other premiere is called, um, Hi- I can't pronounce it. Haida Gwaii. Haida Gwaii. Okay, I wouldn't see, like, I can't. <laughs> Thank I God would not have here. pronounced it like that at <laughs> all. I know that because I worked at the museum. Oh, cool. Uh, this is Haida Gwaii on the Edge of the World. And it won, I just know this because I just was typing about it today, but it won documentary awards at the Vancouver International Film Festival and at Hot Docs. What is it about? <laughs> I did not read that far into it yet. I know that the... It's an environmental documentary. They emailed us not that long ago. Um, I think it's set in BC, yeah. possibly. I know Haida Gwaii is... Oh, it's about uh, the oldest. ...aboriginal uh, deity, I ah. believe. Um, 
So it, it, it probably has to do with that? Yeah. Yeah, it's about uh, climate change and the oil sands. Be another movie making you hate white people. So if sure. you came, <laughs> so, uh, everything is... Not everything is awesome. Everything. <laughs> the Lego movie. This, this is. Changes this changes everything. <laughs> everything is not awesome. Uh, you will want to check this one out, and it starts on January twentieth and twenty-first. Oh, and Roar starts on January 29th. Yeah. Don't yeah. miss Roar. Check your listings. Check your local listings. And uh, don't miss Dangerous Men starting on January fifteenth. Andrew loves Dangerous Men, and is me so upset if you don't come <laughs> see Dangerous Men. We got a cassette single in the box office now. Yeah, somebody saw it at Fantastic Fest, and they got this little cassette EP um, as, like, a souvenir. Cool. I wish I had a tape player. <laughs> I have one. Do you? <laughs> well, if you go on SoundCloud, if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, type in uh, Dangerous Men soundtrack. Oh, cool. And you'll get uh, three of the movie's yeah. original score songs. Yeah. The movie has this theme song that plays all throughout the film, and it's, like, really repetitive awful synth music. Oh, I love but it. But it's so catchy and so funny. It's like porno music. <laughs> porno elevator music. Like an untalented... So our next feature presentation theme yeah. song? Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and I was going to say for our... Uh, on the, since you mentioned John Waters, I'm going to say uh, for Audible... Um, yeah. I've listened to, I think, four... Three or four John Waters audiobooks, and they're all great. They're mm-hmm. all just shock so- value and uh, one crackpot. W- one was uh, uh, about a, um, hitchhiking across America. Yeah, that's his latest one. Um, but oh, they're Karsik. so good. Karsik. He's such a good storyteller. Yeah, he is. Um, so yeah, go go look up some John Waters stuff on Audible. Yeah, anything John Waters find on Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Mayfair Theater Podcast and. And Get a free John Waters audiobook. And for you uh, Apple nerds. <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. Big news. We're back on iTunes. They let us back. It's a long, <laughs> boring story, but we had problems with our, our SS feed. A long, boring so red tape Resubmitting that to iTunes, but that's all settled. So the, Now we're, we're embraced by the people who only want to listen to things on iTunes yeah. uh, can now hear us go uh, there. there. So. And when you go there, I keep on forgetting to do this because I listen to so many podcasts, but when you go there, um, give us five stars. Yeah. Say something nice about Or give us five stars and say something bad about us, but just give us five stars. We just want five stars. Yeah, for sure. I I love Paul F. Tompkins on his podcast. He'll say, like, go on and say this, and he'll say something specific, like, it's changed my life, it's my favorite thing ever, and then he sees how many people (laughs) put it down, but... But yeah, go on, vote for us. I know it's... I'm guilty of it, too. Like, I'll listen to stuff and not comment or not give them a vote, but... Go on, if you have a spare 10 seconds, give us some stars, because I think that helps with our ratings, and maybe we can show yep. up on some some charts of Ottawa-based single theater movie podcast mm-hmm. shows. Yeah, a lot of competition We're there. number one. Oh, fingers crossed that Bytown doesn't start a podcast. Um, but yeah, so now, now we're on I, I, iTunes, and you can still listen to us via the SoundCloud and the Stitcher, mm-hmm. the same way you're listening to this one. Yes. Uh, cool. And go to House of Targ. Go to House of Targ. Eat pierogies. Eat pierogies. And play, uh, Lethal Weapon 3. I think I'm gonna come see... Oh, wait, am I working Saturday or Sunday? No, I'm working Saturday, so I'm gonna come here Sunday to watch Home Alone, and before that, I'm going to Targ for brunch. They do brunch, yeah. Yeah. Did we mention that? Yeah. Just on Sundays. Just on Sundays. So if you're ever coming here for a Sunday matinee... Go have brunch. Go have brunch at House of Targ. They have, they have, like, a, a meat bacon and eggs kind of brunch. Yeah, with some pierogies. Some pierogies. Or a vegan 
um, pierogi fruit toast kind of brunch. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's what you do. So if you come in here on a Sunday matinee, go to Targ, eat brunch, come watch a movie. Yeah. It's the perfect afternoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, cool. Let's get out of here. Yeah. I'm so uh, tired. Let's, all, let's all go to, go to our respective homes and yeah, sleep. Our <laughs> cubby holes. <laughs>